Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. We thank you. We ask that we say that in this meeting, this evening, the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. Our minds are open and can grasp the word of God clearly without confusion, without um, without confusion. So our mind can comprehend easily what Christ has done for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. We're studying the basics of Christianity. And we said, um, continuing from that, we said Christianity is a reality. And we said there are things that define Christianity. And we said being a member of church or attending crusades, conventions, may not be the proof of the reality of Christianity. And we said Christianity is founded on Christ's work. Of salvation. Christianity is founded on Christ's work of salvation and we said it is pertinent for every believer to have a full recognition of what God has done in Christ Jesus for us. And we said Christianity is what Christ has done. We said Christianity is what Christ has done. We said Christianity is who Jesus is and what he represents to us. And we say Jesus is not God's way of dealing with us. It's not just one of God's way of dealing with us. Jesus is the only way. He is the only life. He is the only truth. And we saw John 14 verse 6. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto me, but it's, uh, no one comes unto me. Um, no one comes to the Father. No one comes to the Father, but by me. Praise God. So every Christian has to precisely appreciate the reality and he has to accurately understand the things that are given freely to him in Christ Jesus. Look at Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. 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 It says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So, a Christian or the participation in the faith becomes effective by the acknowledging of every good thing in you in Christ Jesus. And we said the word acknowledge is, it means precise and correct understanding. It means an exactness. Precise and correct understanding. We said acknowledge means precise and correct understanding. It implies that there are several things that you must appreciate. There are several things that you must know that are for you in Christ Jesus. There are several things you must appreciate. There are several things you must know that are for you in Christ Jesus. There are several things you must appreciate. There are several things you must know that are for you in Christ Jesus. I will say the very first thing that a Christian needs to appreciate is the reality of the world. We explained that in the last service that we had. We said the reality of God's word. And we said that a man is born again by the word. You and I, we are born again by the word. I will say God's word and God and his word, sorry, they are the same. God and his word, they are the same. God and his word, they are the same. So the first appreciation of the believer must be the word of God. We said that a Christian must learn to appreciate God's word. 
you must learn to appreciate that the Bible is true. We're having a conversation. I know we're having a conversation with a guy this morning or this evening. And the guy was telling us, what is our evidence? We said, our evidence is the scriptures. We have come to understand that our evidence is God's word. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, um, let's look at 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. I'm sure anyone that follows me would know the scripture by now. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 to 17. It says, as from a child, that was known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation, true faith in Christ Jesus. And he said, all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God, which is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, we said, the only scriptures refer to sacred writings, and it is pertinent to know that the only book that can produce salvation is the Bible. The only book that can produce salvation is the Bible. You must understand that no other book can produce salvation outside the scriptures, outside the Bible. So only the scriptures can validate a man's salvation. So if they ask you, what is the proof of your salvation? You will tell them, it is because I have seen the scriptures. And I have come to believe God and his word in the scriptures. Does that make sense? We are saying the reality of God's word. So the scriptures, and I explained to us that the scriptures are inspired by God. The scriptures are valid for doctrine. The scriptures are given for evidence that is for reproof. The scriptures are given to correct us. And the scriptures are given for instruction in righteousness. And we said there is one entire message of the scriptures. And that is Jesus. John 5 verse 39. Such is the scriptures. For in them you think he have eternal life. For they are they which testify of me. And we said the testimony of the scriptures is a person Jesus. I'm sure you know it. Listen to that, that message. The testimony of the believer. So we said the testimony of the scripture is a person. Is a person. Is a person. Is a person. The testimony of the scripture is a person. So, and we said, God's word, the truth of God's word is a person. The truth of God's word is a person. The reality of God's word is demonstrated in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And I, we explained to you, if you look, listen to what we studied last week, last time we met, we said, the important thing to know for the believer to do the word is he must hear the word, he must read the word, and he must believe the word. He must hear the word, he must read the word, and he must believe the word. So, the word of God supersedes experiences. The word of God supersedes our circumstances. The word of God is supreme over anybody's vision. The word of God is supreme over anybody's revelation. If somebody walks up to you and tells you and say, Oh, I saw a vision. Oh, this and that and that and that. You won't. That vision is only valid to the degree that it follows the light of God's word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't fake anyone's vision. Don't fake anyone's revelation if it is not in line with God's word. 
I'll say it again. Don't take anyone's vision. Don't take anyone's revelation. Don't take anyone's experiences. Don't take anyone's story if it is not in line with God's word. So it has to be in line with God's word. Because the word of God is a what? Is a person. The word of God is how the believer renews their mind. The word of God is how the believer is not conformed to this world. We saw that last time. So, we say one of the things that a believer needs to appreciate is the reality of God's word. The reality of the world. The reality of the world. The reality of the world. So, one of the things that a believer needs to appreciate is what? The reality of God's word. Another thing that a believer needs to appreciate. So, We've said in Philemon 1 verse 6 that the participation of your faith may become effectual by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We said the word acknowledge is the word epignosis in the Greek. It means precise and accurate understanding. So a believer needs to come to an accurate understanding of God's word, right? The reality of God's word. Now, another reality that the believer needs to come to understand is the reality of our redemption. I'm going to, if you, if you have listened to our series on forgiveness of sins, you will see a bit of what I'm about to explain here. Look at the reality of our redemption. Reality of our redemption. What does redemption mean? What does redemption mean? We said one thing that a believer needs to appreciate is reality of God's word, right? Reality of the world. Another thing you must appreciate, you must understand, is your redemption. Redemption refers to the price paid. That is the price and that the price is one's value. The price paid. Redemption refers to the price paid. The price paid. That price is one's value. The price paid. So if I say, what is the price for this pain? I am going to pay something for it, right? And I'm going to receive it. Now look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 to 6. 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 It says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who himself gave, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That word ransom there in verse 6 is translated from the Greek word lutron. It's translated from the Greek word lutron. L-U-T-R-O-N. 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 Lutron. It implies the price paid. It implies the price paid. So we can read it this way. Who himself gave himself for a price paid for all to be testified in due time. Would that go? Would that go? Right? Would that go? If we use 2022 English to read this, we say, who himself gave himself, who himself, who gave himself a, let's, let's, do, a, let's do a brainstorm. As a payment. As a payment. So, now you're seeing how, what, what I did for you now is to see how English evolved. So, if somebody is to translate this King James version into 2022 English now, or we can say, Noah's version of the Bible. We say, who himself gave himself 
as a payment, right? Without go, as a payment for all to be testified in due time. So, I will say what ransom means, price paid. Now, look at Matthew 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. It says, are you there? It says, it says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So the blood of Jesus was the price paid for sins. The blood of Jesus was the price paid for sins. Look at Luke 22, verse 20. 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 Likewise also, the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Look at Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. Like we already said, the reality of God's word is that we appreciate the scriptures, right? Yes. So you will learn to appreciate the scriptures. Because we will not teach you experiences, right? We will not teach you revelation. We will be teaching you the scriptures. Yes, sir. All right. Look at Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In us is being justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sin that are in pass through the forbearance of God. So the blood of Jesus is the price paid. The blood of Jesus is the price paid. And it is free. <laughs> it is free. Just imagine somebody takes you to Walmart or Hawaii or Wegmans and say, hey, go inside Walmart with a free card. Pack everything you want. How many of you watch this YouTube video of Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast that he just gives people and just say, what, buy a house one dollar or take, he just clear you and say, play this game and this game, this house is yours. I'm sure in your mind now you start thinking, God, can I just have that opportunity? <laughs> so, <laughs> the blood of Jesus is the price paid and it is free. And it is in Christ. It is in Christ. Look at Acts 20, verse 28. 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 It says, Take it therefore unto your own self and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Hallelujah. With his own blood. Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3 verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us. For it is written, Cost is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So by his death, he redeemed us from sin. Are you saying that? That from by his death he redeemed us for, from sin. Look at Titus 2 14. Titus 2 14. Titus 2 verse 14. 
Titus 2.14, it says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Titus 3 verse 4 to 7. Titus 3 verse 4 to 7. But after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we had done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration of and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So the price was paid on our behalf. Are you seeing that? The price was paid on our behalf. Like I was just giving you an example. Imagine someone takes you to Wegmans or takes you to Walmart and tell you, hey, take my credit card or take my debit card. Go swipe it. You know, it is not on your account. It is on my account. <laughs> Don't expect to collect my own nose. <laughs> it's not on your account. It's on my account. Now look at, so the price was paid on our behalf. Just like Noah fed us some days ago and we ate in the buffet, right? <laughs> we ate in the buffet. And he paid for almost four or five people. So, imagine we ate on his account. So, the price was paid. The price of all the food. I know it was a buffet we went. So, the price of, the price of all the food we ate was on his account. That is what Jesus did. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Look at First Corinthians seven twenty three. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. So you were bought with the price that was paid. Are you seeing it? So you can simply say you are saved because why? Somebody has paid a price for you. Are you getting this? Somebody already paid the price. That is why you can simply say I am saved. Don't forget we are studying the reality of our redemption. How were we redeemed from death? How were we redeemed from sin? Somebody paid. Are you getting it? How can we safely say we are no longer sinners? Somebody paid. How can we safely say we are, we are righteous? Somebody paid. Are you seeing it? It is, we were bought with the price paid. So, our redemption is in Christ. Say my redemption is in Christ. Redemption redemption. Is in Christ. Our redemption is in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 7. 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 In whom we have redemption. Haya. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. Glory to God. Glory to God. So his grace implies that it was given freely. And the forgiveness of sins is made available because of the riches of his grace. The forgiveness of sins is made available because of the riches of his grace. Colossians 1 verse 12 to 14. Colossians 1 verse 12 to 14. 
Colossians 1 verse 12 to 14, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the influence of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, glory to God, even the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. We have forgiveness of sins. God did not request a change of hearts from us before he gave us. God did not tell you, okay, God did not tell you, okay, give me something before I give you this. Are you getting it? You know, like how human beings behave. You have to give me something before I give you this. It's just like Noah tell us, you have to, I have to pay you, you have to, you have to please me well before I buy you food. You know, something like that. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, God did not require a change of heart from us before he forgave us. He was giving to us based on what Christ has done. So based on the price that Christ has paid, forgiveness of sins is given to us. Redemption of sins, redemption, it was freely accessible to us. Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12. One thing you're going to know in this place is that you're going to understand the Bible so much. And you are going to learn to cherish the Bible, explain things in pre-test, contest, post-test by the scriptures. Hallelujah. Yes. Hebrews 9, 11 to 12. But Jesus, being come to an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with ends, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained internal redemption for us. Glory to God. So he obtained internal redemption for us by his blood. And when they say something is internal, it means everlasting, right? Yes. It means infinity, right? Yes. He obtained internal redemption for us. So that is, it is an actual release from sin. We have released from sins. We are forgiven. Hallelujah. We are forgiven of our sins. So salvation is based on these three facts. Salvation is based on these three facts. Salvation is based on these three facts. The death of Jesus, his burial, and the bodily resurrection of Christ. Yeah, The bodily resurrection. So his spirit did not raise again. It was his body. His entire being was raised again. Glory to God. And consequently, the ascension of Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17. 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 He says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your, in your what? In your sins. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And you are yet in your sins. You are yet in your sins. So Jesus' resurrection is a proof that the price has been paid for sins. Hallelujah. <coughs> Jesus' resurrection is a proof that the price has been paid for sins. So he rose again. He rose again. He rose again. He rose again. Jesus' resurrection is the proof that Christ has been paid for sins. So the resurrection of Jesus confirmed the work of redemption. 
you can safely see the resurrection of Jesus confirms the work of redemption. The resurrection of Jesus confirms the work of redemption. It puts a final seal in the work of redemption. And it gives the believers assurance of his salvation. It makes you and I have assurance of our salvation. It makes you and I know that our salvation is internal. You and I's salvation is internal. You and I's salvation is forever. Christ is the one that keeps it. Look at Hebrews 5 verse 9. 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 And being made perfect, it became the author of internal salvation unto all of them that will be in. So we have internal salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. We have internal salvation. We have internal salvation. So you and I cannot lose our salvation. Glory, Glory to, God. to God. We cannot lose our salvation. You can't lose your salvation because you didn't pay for it yourself. Are you getting it now? He paid for it and what he did is internal. You obtained internal salvation. And what does internal mean? Everlasting. Forever. So our salvation is forever. And Christ is the one that keeps it. Christ keeps it. Christ keeps it. Christ keeps it. Christ keeps it. One concept we will see. Don't forget. We said the reality of the world. One thing a Christian needs to understand is what? The reality of the world. Now, we are seeing the reality of our redemption, right? Mm -hmm. So, we are seeing the reality of our redemption. That Christ paid for our sins. Christ paid the sacrifice. Christ paid on our behalf. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Internal redemption. You and I have internal redemption. Now, let's see something. Another concept under this. On internal redemption. You know, you and I have internal redemption. Internal redemption. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, verse 22. Hebrews 7, verse 22. Hebrews 7, verse 22. Hebrews 7, verse 22. By so much, <coughs> Jesus was made a surety of a better testament. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost. Wow. Uttermost means he is able to save you to the deepest. He's able to save you to the uttermost that come into God, unto God by him, seeing that he lived to, to what? To make intercession for men, for them. The word uttermost means forever. Uttermost means forever. That means Jesus says forever. Jesus says what? Forever. Jesus saves forever because he is risen and alive today. He is not dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is risen and alive today. He is not dead. So Jesus saves forever. He saves forever. He rose again from the dead. He rose again from the dead. He is not on the tomb. That is why that place in Jerusalem is a monument circle. It's, it's not an historical circle. People go there to take pictures. They go to his tomb to take pictures. Because he is not there again. Glory to God. He rose again. He rose again on the third day. 
He rose again on the third day. He rose again on the third day. He is alive forever. He is alive today. First John, look at first John. First John 2. First John 2. First John 2, verse 1 to 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 2. It says, my little children, these things are right to you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ the righteous, and is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. So he's our advocate before the Father. He is our advocate. Therefore, we will not be judged for sins. Neither are we going to be condemned anymore. We will not be judged for sins. Neither are we going to be condemned anymore. You know why? Because he has taken it on our behalf. Hallelujah. He has been judged on our behalf. He has been condemned on our behalf. Romans 8 verse 1. 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 It says, And therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So, the believer is free from condemnation. Say, I am free for condemnation. Say very loud. Say, I am free for condemnation. The believer is free from condemnation. Glory to God. Hebrews 8. Verse 8 to 12. Hebrews 8, verse 8 to 12. Hebrews 8, verse 8 to 12. See how you're opening scriptures, opening scriptures? That is the life of the believer. So you see that we are, our faith is not resting on the human testimony, right? Our faith is not resting on human experiences. The word of God supersedes those things. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. Hebrews 8, verse 8 to 12. Hebrews 8, verse 8 to 12. It says, it says, for finding thoughts with them. You see, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them in the land to lead them out of the land of Egypt. But because they continued not in my covenant, I regarded them not, saith the Lord. We're still reading. It says, For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, say the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man and his neighbor, and every man and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. And I will be merciful to their righteousness, and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. So, there is no remembrance of sins in salvation. If you want to understand this further, you have to listen to Forgiveness of Sins, Series 1. There is no remembrance of sins in salvation. God does not hold sin to the believer. God does not hold sin to the believer. Hebrews 10, 17. Hebrews 10, verse 17. Hebrews 10, verse 17. Look at it. I love this. It says, And their sins and iniquities. Their sins and iniquities. 
He says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So in the new birth, we have the gift of no condemnation. We have the gift of no condemnation. In the new birth, we have the gift of no condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation for the believer. Look at verse, look at Hebrew, that same Hebrews 10, verse 12 to 14. That's in Hebrews 10, verse 12 to 14. It says, But this man, after he has offered one sacrifice for sin, just one, he offered just one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. For by offering one offering, he perfected forever them that are what? Sanctified. He perfected forever them that are sanctified. Them that are sanctified. So, all that Christ has done, he did it forever. And he seated at the right hand of God. He did it once and he did it forever. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if, if anybody is born in the year 2050, are you getting me? He is still going to partake of that sacrifice that Jesus paid. If anyone is born in the year 2000, he is still going to partake of the sacrifice that Jesus has paid. If anyone is born in the year 3001, he is still going to partake of that same sacrifice that Jesus has paid. He did it once and he did it forever. Glory to God. So your children will enjoy it. Your children, children will enjoy it. Your generation will enjoy it. Your generation, generation will enjoy it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, all that Christ has done, he did it forever. Look at Hebrews 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conversations be without conventiousness and content such things as ye have. For ye have said, I will never. Ah, this is God. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God is telling you, brethren, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Let me tell you. One thing I hold dear in esteem, and I tell myself many a times, God has studied in word. Actually, you know, we, we studied last time, we said, the reality of God's word, right? You believe the scriptures? Now, look at what God said to you in his word. He says, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hold on to that today. As you go in your daily activities, as you go in your daily life, as you move around in everything, tell yourself, he will never leave me. He has said this in his word, and I believe it. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Why? He has paid the sacrifice once and for all. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Glory to God. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Hallelujah. He can never forsake me. He can never forsake me. He can never forsake me. His spirit is with me. His spirit is with me. His spirit is with me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He has paid the price forever. Hallelujah. Isn't it exciting? It's exciting. Look at what God has done for us. Ours is just to enjoy it freely. The reality of our redemption. Internal redemption. 
we are forever sinned. It will never be said of you that you will go to hell. Mm. Glory to God. <laughs> you can only hear about it. You can only preach it to people, but you can never have the experience. Glory to Glory God. To God. <laughs> Glory to God. It can never be. You can never know what hell looks like. You can only know it's through the word. I say, ah, brethren, they will be glashing of teeth. There will be this. There will be that. But you can never experience it. All you will experience is eternal life. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can never know what hell looks like. Because one man has gone through it for you. He has taken the pain for you. He has taken the, he has taken the pangs for you. He has gone through that hell for you, just so that you will ride on in victory. You ride on in glory. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. God. Praise God. So the price has been paid. The price has been paid. So that what he says, I will never leave you. Shows a word of commitment. God is committed to you. Hallelujah. It shows God is committed to your salvation. God is committed to you. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse 22 to 23. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, verse 22 to 23. But ye have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven to go unto God, the judge of all, and the spirit of the men made perfect. Glory to God. And Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Jesus has paid the price. Our redemption is described as internal. Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12. But Christ being come on at vice being come and I priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Hallelujah. Amen. He has obtained eternal redemption for us. The price he paid is once and eternal. The price he paid is once and eternal. The crisis he paid is once and eternal. Look at verse 15 of that Hebrews 9. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that were caught, might receive the promise of inheritance. So, eternal is the opposite of temporal. Internal is the opposite of temporal. It means, I'll say it again. Internal is the opposite of temporal. Temporal means it's just for a while, right? Internal means for life. Another word we can use in 2022 English for internal. Let me, let's think. Infinite. Infinite. We can we use infinite? We can use mm -hmm. something that is unending. Mm -hmm. Which other word can we use again? Forever. I like that. Forever. It's not temporal. So it means forever. Everlasting. Something that lasts. So this 
Those that have believed in Christ have received internal inheritance. Say, I have received internal inheritance. I have received internal inheritance. I have received internal inheritance by the ones and for all sacrifice of Jesus. You are now received it. By the ones and forever sacrifice of Jesus. We have received it. First Thessalonians 5. Verse 23 to 24. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 23 to 24. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 23 to 24. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is not a prayer. Paul was not praying because we do not pray for sanctification. It is God's work. Paul is rather affirming the faithfulness of God that he keeps us holy. He keeps us holy. He keeps us safe. He does it because God is faithful. God is faithful. You can't lose your salvation. God is faithful. In the four Gospels, our Lord Jesus Christ taught us the same truth. Look at it in, in John 5 verse 24. John 5 verse 24. Jesus explained the same thing for us. John 5 verse 24. John 5 verse 24. John 5 verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on me, that sent me at eternal life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto what? Unto life. So the believer will never be condemned. You will never know what condemnation look like. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will never be condemned. This is internal life. To pass from spiritual death to life. This happened at his resurrection. This happened at his redemption. John 10 verse 28. John 10 verse 28. John 10 verse 28. John 10 verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of his hand. Ah, God has given you eternal life. You shall never perish. Some things you wake up to see and you just tell yourself, you just jump in your room and just be shouting, glory to God. You shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the believer can never be condemned. Jesus was making an absolute statement. No one can pluck them. No one will mean Satan cannot. Nothing can take you away from your salvation. Nothing. Nothing can take you away from your salvation. No one will pluck him out of pluck you out of his hands. I like that song. I am saving his hands. I am saving his hands. He will keep me from all arms. I am saving his hands. He will keep me from all arms. Hallelujah. We are saving his hands. No one will pluck us out of his hands. This is total and complete. Every believer must establish this in in his mind. You and I must establish this in our minds. You must know that nothing can take you out of your salvation. You are internally saved. 
don't be worried that oh what if i lose my salvation oh what if, you cannot lose it you just read in the scripture no one can pluck you out of his hands that's absolute that was jesus speaking you cannot be condemned you have passed from death to life you can't go back to death <laughs> you can't be dying and waking up <laughs> i don't know if you get what i'm saying you have passed from death to life you can't be dying wake up die wake up ah he has paid the price once and forever. So the believer is entirely secured in Christ. Say, I am entirely secured in Christ. Say, I am entirely secured in Christ. I am entirely secured in Christ. I think I heard that I am entirely insecure in Christ. Say, I am entirely secured in Christ. 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 Oh, so we'll see you're insecure. <laughs> Matthew 28, verse 20. Ah, yeah. Glory, glory, glory. Matthew 28, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. I am low. I am with you. Always, even to the end of the world. God is with me always. God is with me always. As I'm preaching, is with me. As I'm teaching, is with me. As I'm praying, is with me. As I'm preaching, the gospel is with me. Is with me. As I'm going through my daily activities, is with me. Is with me always. As I'm driving, is with me. As I'm as I'm as I'm walking, is with me. As I'm writing, is with me. As I'm reading, is with me. As I'm taking exams, is with me. Glory to God. Is with me. God is with me always. The believer's name. The believer has his name written in heaven. Look at Luke 10 verse 20. Your name is written all over heaven. Luke 10 verse 20. Luke 10 verse 20. Luke 10 verse 20. It says, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So the believer's name is written in heaven. The believer's name is written in heaven. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 19. Ephesians 2 19. Ephesians 2 verse 19. Ephesians 2 19. Ephesians 2 19. Now therefore, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and household of God. So we are citizens in the kingdom of God. The believer has his name written all over heaven. We are members of the household of God. We are citizens of heaven. Philippians 3 verse 20. Philippians 3 20. Philippians 3 verse 20. Philippians 3 verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. For whence also we look for the salvation. For whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Our conversation. The word conversation there is translated from the Greek word that means citizenship. It means our citizenship. Citizenship. Our citizenship. So we can safely say our citizenship is in heaven. For whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. So our name is written all over heaven. We are citizens in the kingdom of God. We are members of the household of God. Just imagine you're a member of the household of God today. Tomorrow you're the member of the household of the devil. It's not possible. You cannot lose your salvation. The believer is internally secured. The believer's salvation is internally secured. 
is internally secure. Our salvation is internally secure. And this is where you and I stand. This is where everyone who has believed the gospel, the death barrier, the resurrection of Christ, and most importantly, uh, the birth barrier, the resurrection of Christ, and also even the ascension of Christ. This is where the believer stands. The believer cannot lose his salvation. This is his assurance. The reality of our redemption. 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 to 19. 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 For so much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. At silver. So you were not redeemed with corruptible things. You were not redeemed with money. Corruptible things are things that will perish. You are not redeemed with table. You are not redeemed with silver, gold. Not from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your father. But with the precious blood of Christ. Hiya. So your so your redemption is not something that a human being can just buy. If it is that, Elion Mox, who bought Twitter recently, would have bought you. Would have, <laughs> would have, would have bought everything. Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, would have just said, Oh, okay, guys. Since we are buying salvation, let's the salvation will be limited to few people. Do you get what I'm saying? Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates is just doing everything that he's just looking for another COVID vaccine, doing all of those things. He will have looked for another vaccine that we that we immune and ejects the blood of Jesus inside and they will be selling the blood of Jesus to you. <laughs> we'll have been collecting those of the blood of Jesus. <laughs> True shots. So we'll collect first shot of blood of Jesus, second shot of blood of Jesus, then we'll now collect booster of blood of Jesus. <laughs> it will have been limited to few people. It says, we know that we are not redeemed with corruptible things. Corruptible things are money. You know, money is only to be spent on this end. After we leave this end, we are not going to spend money. (laughs) (laughs) Houses are just on this end. But he says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. Glory to God. So that is the reality of our redemption. Look at Revelation Revelation 5 verse 9. Revelation 5 verse 9. Revelation 5 verse 9. Revelation 5 verse 9. It says, And the song in new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. For thou wast slain, and thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The believer's redemption is in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is in the person of Christ. So somebody will ask you, how were you saved? Say, the blood of Jesus has washed me clean. The blood of Jesus has washed me clean. You know that song? Oh, the blood of Jesus Christ that saves a man as white as snow oh the blood so the blood of Jesus has saved us someone can ask you and say why are you sure just walk them through the scriptures I am internally saved the blood of Jesus was not my, my redemption was not bought with corruptible things 
Just like First Peter made us understand. He was blood with the precious blood of Jesus. He has paid the price once and for all. And he has saved me internally from my sins. Like I told you again, you and I will never know what hell look like. You will never know how hell look like. You can only explain it from God's word. You can only learn it from God's word. But it can never be your experience. Because you have passed from death to life. Should I shock you? Another thing that you will never know what look like. You will never know what death look like. Glory to God. <laughs> you will never know what death look like. You only teach people and say, ah, this and that. Oh, these people die. Oh, okay. But you as a believer, you are always alive in Christ. That is your reality. You can never know what death look like. You can never know what hell look like. Because what the Bible says, it says the man who has believed the gospel is alive in Christ forevermore. He says, even if they die, you are sleeping. So you only sleep. If at all you close your eyes to the other world, the Bible reports it that you are sleeping. It is not death to the believer. It is a man who has not believed the gospel that dies. Because their state of nature is that they were actually dead before. That's why Ephesians 2 says, it says that they walked according to the course of this world. It says that they were dead in lost and conversations of the devil. So, we as Christians, we are now alive to God. And we can never die again. Glory to God. We can never die again. The reality of our redemption is that Christ has paid for our sins. Another thing you will never know, you will never know condemnation, except you want to condemn yourself. You have, he has forgiven your sins once. He has forgiven you your sins once and forever. He says he is the propitiation for our sins. He says we have an advocate. Even our Lord Jesus he is the mediator. So you can never know what it, what, what it means like to, to not have your sins forgiven. Because you are walking in eternal forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. He says in Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the lust of the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. So you can never know condemnation. The reality of the redemption of the believer is that Christ has paid and paid and paid. He told us, he says, you were bought with a price. That means I am not bought by myself. No man could have bought me. He redeemed me. Look at what he did. He purchased us. We saw it in Acts 28 verse 20. He says, take it to you to which the flock of the, of the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. He says, you were purchased with his blood. He purchased you. He bought you with a price. Not only that, he now gave you eternal redemption. And John 20 verse 20 says, no one can pluck you out of his hands. No one can pluck you out of his hands. Not even the devil. Not sin. Not condemnation. No one can pluck you out of his hands. And he says, he will never leave you. Hebrews 13, he made you understand. He will never leave you. Matthew 28 verse 20, he says, and lo, I am with you. Even to the end of the world. So his faithfulness is with you forever. His faithfulness is with you forever. He is faithful to it. He is faithful to this word. Remember we studied the last time. We said the reality of God's word is such that we must learn to trust the scriptures. We must learn to see God in this written form. We must learn to take the scriptures as sole authority. Now we've seen the scriptures. And we've seen that God is faithful with the scripture. 
and our redemption he is faithful with it glory to God glory to God glory let's lift your hands and just bless God bless him bless him bless him thank him for the redemption thank him lift your voice and just bless him bless him bless him lift your voice thank him lift your voice lift your hands and just bless him thank him thank him for what he has done in Christ Jesus for you thank him thank him thank him, thank him. 